0: Asher, what the hell is up? Howdy. How you doing?
1: Famous. I'm glad to be here, hoss.
0: How's your day been? I guess everything's all melted up outside. You didn't have any hard time getting here?
1: No, and actually I drove, uh, drove a Mustang here. My uh, I was running late to my last event. Imagine that. And uh, so my sweet little assistant took her car because I was out of gasoline. I didn't have time to stop the gas station. So, But I'm here. Thank you for having me.
0: When I first discovered you, I think... Uh, most people do or did during like the TikTok uh, 2020, yep, uh, and, mine you, one, yep. and you were doing all the baking and stuff, but at, at a certain point you popped up in the feed. And by the time I'd made it to the Spotify's to stream your tunes, I was totally blown away, um, by your talent and, and just the, uh, the caliber of the, the, the mixture of elements of classic country of pop music and rock and roll music and super impressed with your guitar playing and, uh, you singing. So very happy to have you here and, uh, to, uh, to pick your brain a little bit. Well,
1: thank you. That's a hell of an introduction, darling.
0: And uh, try to figure out why you're not the the biggest artist in this town. <laughs> try to figure out why we can't have country music on the CMAs anymore, right? Bless. Are you allowed to talk well, about if that? I,
1: if I was a lesbian, or if I was black, I'm sure I'd already have my big shot. But
0: you know, that's I I, I think I might have said this in the last podcast, but I said like uh, you know. A uh, guy like Jelly Roll getting the CMA, CMA New Artist of the Year, or whatever.
1: Have you seen him live? Holy cow, the pyrotechnics!
0: No, no. I, I think he
1: spends about. I mean, I'm I'm very tickled for the success that he's had. Not to interrupt you, mm-hmm. but uh, but I inquired. We did a I did a little festival last summer, and he headlined. And uh, his uh, one of the guys, I think a tour, tour manager was saying that they spend around thirty to sixty grand per show on pyrotechnics. And I thought, wow. Wow.
0: We saw we saw Nickelback uh, at the Bridgestone. Look out! And, uh, yeah, yeah, there was some pyrotechnics there, and it, and all those guys came out. You know, such an interesting time. Like a uh, hard rock in country is a huge like the Hardy thing, and then you got the Jelly Roll, which is more of like the hip hop kind of country thing. But no, nothing seems to ruffle pe- ruffle people's feathers more than like the preservation of country music and and what's happening with country music uh, radio. And uh, have have you had any of your songs go to radio yet?
1: Um, Not my, well, with my vocal on them, but yes, I've had cuts by acts like Lenny you know, Wilson and Brad Paisley, Ian Munzik. Uh, have they gone to radio? I don't know. Yes. Um, maybe. Uh,
0: Does it even mean anything to be on the radio anymore?
1: Well,. It, it, it's hard to say. I've always wanted to go on a radio tour. I was at a label for four years, major label, and I never even got to meet the radio staff. They kept me from them. I was never introduced. Um, you know, I was never even assigned an imprint, honestly. But uh, I don't want to talk too much shop and not and confuse people. But uh, but all that to say, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to bicker about. I don't want to bitch. Mm-hmm. I am. Uh, I'm, I'm a late bloomer and. You know, I think everything in town is a dating game, uh, artist to producer, uh, songwriter to songwriter relationship, uh, and so goes the get with artist to label, you know, just because this label is, you know, like they've got the Kane Browns and the Luke Combs and, um, and that I love was when the, you
0: say it plural, <laughs> the Kane Browns. <laughs> well, I
1: mean, it uh, like there's a lot of Nate them. Smith, like those are those are the acts that they are, uh, you know. We're celebrating and Morris, and then they had me over here, and, and I don't think they really knew what to do with me. I had an A&R girl who was my intern when I moved to town at BMG where I had my first publishing. You know, she wasn't my intern, but she was the you know, the new receptionist. And I've always made a point to my mother's always taught me to find the lowliest person in the room. Like, if you're at the school, go speak to the janitor first. Anyhow, and so I've always tried to make friends with those people and uh, welcome her to town. We had wine. She didn't know who Tammy Wynette was. Anyhow, but this girl winds up becoming the vice president now. Uh, well, she's really high up. Let's say at the record label, and was assigned to now work with me at the label, and and me, I'm country music, uh, but that's not really a good match when you think about it. When someone that she doesn't, someone that doesn't know George Jones or Tammy, or couldn't name an Alan Jackson song other than Chattahoochee. You know what I mean? I don't know. It, it it would it was just a challenge, and it was really hard for me to get her to come to the house to have a glass of wine because I wasn't vaccinated. Um, for me to play her some music, you know. So yeah, what uh, a
0: divide that caused.
1: As an entertainer, I believe it's our job to unite people, not to uh, to be so outspoken with our political views that we create a divide. Uh,
0: I completely agree. You know,
1: I, I just I'd rather exercise my platform to to help because I mean I remember going to concerts. Uh, 10, 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, and there's my purple haired gay friends on my left that I came with, and my redneck buddies on my right. We all came together. Nobody gave a shit. Um, and at a Hannah Dasher concert, you're going to find that I've got rednecks, gays, everybody yeah. kind of a thing. And uh, again, because that's the power of a song to unite people to help you escape from that crap for three minutes. You know, I have an opinion and I am opinionated, mm-hmm. but.
0: Well, I, I think too. I mean, most people that just get it, they, they are, is pretty much cool with everybody. Uh, I think it's. Yes. I think it's totally a, a, a. It's a minority of people that are fri- fringe in their beliefs.
1: Yes, um, I'm with you there.
0: And uh, you said
1: we're all on the same page.
0: Yeah, and you know I think uh, like Jason Isbell is somebody Love probably him. the best songwriter in yeah. the world. You know. Um, but he takes the, uh, the the political platform stuff in himself very seriously He in does, but he's probably
1: shot himself in the foot when you think about it. I love him.
0: Divisive to the point. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, like I was listening, I think, CBS Sunday Morning, he was on a few weeks ago or something playing the song called Cast Iron Skillet. I'm like... You know, unbelievable.
1: Oh man, I was looking for a cast iron skillet song earlier, literally for a video. I didn't know that, but uh, I need to. I need to check it out.
0: Well, that's why I got to check in every now and again. Oh my goodness! Um, but so you, but you saying, uh, I re, I really appreciate the fact too that your social media presence is a little bit more lighthearted. You're ha, you have fun with it. Well, I got to um, be
1: careful because Isabel just started following me.
0: Yeah. I
1: noticed, uh, so <laughs> I'm like, golly, I guess I got to be careful. Make well, sure I don't post anything that he might misinterpret or. I don't know because I mean, again, I've got friends from all walks of life, um, and I, I have a backbone and I'm very strong on my convictions. But my God, I just celebrate great talent. I wish we didn't have to get so, mm-hmm. you know, wish we didn't have to incriminate people.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and and, and to, well, to be a, a a platform like that and, and to be to just d- divide people, it seems kind of um, counterproductive with with why we're all doing this this whole thing. You
1: know Absolutely I'm still gonna listen To Michael Jackson you know? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm Separate gonna, <laughs> yeah Separate that art Yeah
0: Separate that art I still throw on a little I believe I can fly From time to time Look
1: out Oh bless it So
0: uh, let's talk about Some of your songs Let's do um, it Your most recent release Is it, uh, is it the, uh, the the Other, other damn, damn Half,
1: half? Well, and, and I put out A Christmas song To follow that Bloody
0: Merry Christmas Look out uh, I'm, I'm trying to find a, a money that? tree
1: I did I did I wrote that song Ten years ago And Yeah uh,
0: it finally seen the light of day.
1: Right, right. Well, I finally uh, had, I, I say, had the means to do it. Honestly, it takes a lot of money to do this for a living. And I, uh, for some reason, grew a pair of a bigger pair of brass balls last year, and thought that I could just release a record on my own. By God, I didn't want to wait around for another label. I I didn't love my first experience, and um, no one was really beating my doors down. Uh. Referring to it like a, there weren't any other labels really, you know, beating my doors down, and so I just figured, you know what, I've got to stay relevant out here. I mean, I've got I've got something to say. Um, I want to hit the road, so I went on my first headlining tour. I took myself out on my own headlining tour, and did you uh, have to
0: eat it at any point?
1: Somewhat, but no, I, I broke even. Um, where I lost was I sunk sixty grand into a publicist that, you know, because I. Uh, I worked with them uh, when I was at the label, and I loved them to pieces, and they were great. But they, I think, they busted their butt because they had the eyes of the label on them, and mm-hmm. you know, as an independent now, there wasn't really anyone to 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 hold their thumb on them. So I felt like I was kind of pushed to the wayside, and it was a huge waste of money.
0: People don't realize I can't. I, I'm sure you had some sleepless nights over 60 K to the publicist. I mean,
1: people that's don't a realize lot how,
0: how important that part is to you getting into the Rolling Stone or like to getting into magazines or any kind of promotion whatsoever.
1: Well, uh, getting on TV shows, uh, yeah. getting on the red carpet, I mean, things like that, or even co-hosting doing things. But again, I think a lot of that does fall to a manager. We talked about managers earlier and a lot of people don't know that I am self-managed. I, uh, for years at the label, I was told, I, you know, when you have something to manage, we'll introduce you to a manager. Um, uh, my label head, I'll always love him. But he, uh, he told me, he said, you know, I'll introduce you to, uh, I don't even want to mention uh, anyway, but he, he's like, I'll introduce you to this big guy, the big guy. He said, if he said, build a platform, this is before TikTok mm-hmm. happened. He said, build, build me a platform and bring me some songs and then I'll introduce you. And so I did, I built up my TikTok and, um, Anyway, uh, it was the biggest on the label. Can yeah. I say that? It was biggest to Nashville at the time. Mm-hmm. Who knew? I didn't know. Anyway, but I did that, and then I brought them the half record, which had songs like Guys Buy the Drinks, Girls Call the Shots. Love it. Left, Right, You're Gonna Love Me, things like that. Um, uh, again, I, was there like a smash uh, on the record? I don't know, but when we put it out, I had uh, around 500,000 listeners a month on Spotify, which I think is pretty good for a debut act. So that's about 50 per, 50% of my TikTok audience was engaged, which I think is really good. But apparently it wasn't. They pulled the plug. So I got the phone call, which I thought was to be talking about management. Mm. I was so excited. to had this phone call with him, and it was actually drop me. He said, I think you're going to do fine on your own. So we got to make some cuts for COVID, da-da-da-da-da. i am like, well. He's like, and honestly, you know, you just don't have a, a manager to, uh, to help us carry the weight. I was like, no shit. <laughs> help me.
0: So – why do you think that you keep getting the rug pulled out from under you? Like have you do you have like a, a press statement that you say like on all the podcasts and stuff? And you're like, I think this is why I'm not the biggest one of the biggest names in the show
1: business. No, uh you're actually one of the first people uh behind a microphone to ask me that question. Uh fans ask me all the time in meet and greets after every show because they're frustrated. Uh but uh it it comes down to Money. You know, it takes a lot of money to to do this for a living. And I remember, uh, I mean, I don't want to use that as an excuse, but I mean, I think, you know, God's in control at the end of the day and he will keep you hidden until he's ready for you to be seen. And I had a lot of humbling that needed to occur. And so um, I've done a lot of soul search and a lot of self work over the last couple of years too, um, which has improved my relationships around me. And I feel like it's improved my songs in a way too. But uh, it takes a lot of money to, to do this for a living. And, you know, I'll, I'll never forget. I'm leaving my co-writes with, uh, uh, at the time, my, my girlfriend, Lainey Wilson, both right for Sony, uh, still right for Sony. But I, I mean, like I would leave our rights and, uh, she would run and go to band rehearsal in her brand new, uh, uh, Ford you know, four door cab that her dad bought her like a dually with a nice covered trailer. And, uh, and hell yeah, good for her, you know. Her mamas are and mom and dad, they're good people. Anyway, but she would leave and go do that and I would leave our rights and I would go scrub toilets because I had a publishing deal, but I had to I had a band to pay. I had to rent my vans. I had to I'm not I'm not complaining about having to pay those dues, but you know, I needed to be going to rehearsal to rehearse in a band to um you know, to be tightening up my live show as well. And instead I had to do it out on the road. The, the hard way, which is fine. I'm not, I, I don't complain about that, but, but um, you know, or uh, trying to make rent, you know, my friends like that, like her, like their their parents bought them houses here. And that, that does a lot to help enact act when you're not having to worry about, you know, making a house payment and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, But I, I, I don't fault them for that either. You know, I, I think that's great. If you're fortunate enough to have a family that's going to do that for you, great. But I mean, when I got laid off from Bass Pro Shops... Um, I went to my dad for a little bit of help. Uh, I'm going to get in trouble. We might have to cut this out. But all that to say, you know, my my parents were sa- sailing to the Bahamas on a sailboat yacht when I lost my job at Bass Pro Shops, but they wouldn't help me. They did help me with one $300 car payment at the time when I got laid off. My mom yeah, That's it.
0: did the same thing. Yeah, I, That's it. I asked, I've asked one time since I was 18, I moved down. I had just moved to Indianapolis and I had asked her for... For, uh, to help me out with the rent money. And she was like, no, I think you're going to figure it out. It builds character.
1: It does. It builds character. Like like for a while, I, I resented him for that, but it has made a survivor out of me. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, and it just, uh, it takes you a little longer to get to where you're going, but you can, at the end of the day, you can say, you know what? I did it. Yeah. Myself. Of course, I think it takes a village and honestly, it takes God's grace, but all that to say, um, it takes money, and it takes a manager. Unfortunately, a big manager could take a monkey to the top. Mm-hmm. You know, literally. Now, if that monkey's talented, it'll stick. But it just it takes uh, it takes a big manager uh, to be a, a champion, and that's another reason that uh, you know I've, I've never had that kind of management. Like I told you earlier, there's a handful, only a handful of those managers in the business that can make things happen. You know.
0: And have you have you been in Have you had conversations with them? Like what, what's keeping them from like, I mean, granted, maybe I have a bias. I just think if I was in that position that I would be like, this chick's got it going on. Not only do you have a unique, um, you know, like, Like, you know, look and identity also, I think too, is completely unpredictable. If you were to listen to your music and then see you, you wouldn't think that those two things and you have all the personality too. So I just, I would think that it would be like a, uh, you, you would be so easy to promote. You're like a promotional triple threat, you know?
1: brand you're so kind to say that thank you for recognizing that um i was at a big booking agency for four years and they didn't come to a live show they came to like a whiskey jam but they never came to an actual hannah show never saw me do what i do and my sweet um my girlfriend assistant she just told me she said you know like to to see you live is to get you is to be 100 percent on board and so that's the opportunity that i really feel like i'm needing um you know, and Reba's team when I opened for Reba, those uh, handful of dates that was so much fun. They jumped on me.
0: Yeah, I would think they'd latch on to you that she would. Uh,
1: and and I think they're absolutely awesome. But again, I just lost my record deal, and that booking agency had just let me go, and so it was kind of like going on a first date and finding out from somebody else that oh, they've got children. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. is anyhow? Um, I don't know why that was discouraging to them, but um, it's really really hard to find a manager when you don't have a deal
0: do you what What do you what do you relationship do you think and right now that that physical appearance is still playing for a woman in in um, the music industry
1: oh a, a lot and I feel like that probably hurt me
0: like do you think if you for a looked like a you know a cliche da- blonde Dallas Cowboy cheerleader you know and you're
1: well I think I've got sex appeal now I haven't always but um you know I'm thank God they introduced me to Jennifer Kemp and they gave me a a wardrobe budget at the label. And so, uh, you know, I was able to wear the clothes or buy the clothes I've always wanted and hire Taylor and, and do things like that to accentuate my body. But, uh, and and now I'm working out with a celebrity trainer, uh, Wilson and Mebunier. And so I've got the body that I've always wanted, uh, give or take 10 15 pounds. Uh, But, uh, but for years I've always been heavy and overweight and, um, I couldn't afford to buy the, you know, the extra hair and accessories and you know, boobs that I've been able to buy since. Um, and I felt God like God bless you, Doctor. Like but well, but, <laughs> but pretty people get invited to to the parties. Mm. Pretty pretty girls get asked to go on the boat with everybody, kind of a thing. Um, and so I know that that my weight held me back for years. Uh, I was never told that, but you know, I just embraced it. My initials are HD. You know, when Chevy came out with a heavy duty during Max Diesel, you know, <laughs> hell, I mean, it was my first song I ever wrote with Jaron Johnson was heavy. But but again, um, I don't think the world is as shallow when it comes to that. I think the industry is shallow when it comes to hype. I think deep down, the decision makers are really insecure. They don't know what's great. They're just following a trend. They're following numbers, which numbers, they say numbers don't lie, but, uh, a lot of times they do. A boiled egg went viral a couple of years ago. A fucking boiled egg yeah. went viral, um, you know. And I think if they were to hold uh, Eric Church to that standard, John Party to that standard, the same one they're holding me to, um, those artists wouldn't break. You know, you have to. And artists like that are broken out on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a Priscilla Block. She went viral on TikTok. Good for her. Uh, but we're two different animals, totally. You know, like I'm going to be a representative of the genre, TV, I believe is in my cards, Mm -hmm. things like that. So uh, it's a different, uh, you're dealing with a totally different animal. And so you can't shove every animal down the same hole because you're not going to break every act the same way. And I feel like that's kind of what they're doing. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, and I, I definitely didn't mean to say that uh, that you didn't then or don't now have sex appeal. I just, oh, I, I wasn't
1: offended in the least. Yeah,
0: okay. I yeah, I, I probably I rambled up. on.
1: I didn't answer your question. So, what was the question again? If if you think th- looks I is think, still important, I, I,
0: I think you did. Not that looks are just important, but like uh, I just really trying to figure out. I mean, I think that there's um, a mystery surrounding your career and why. And I and everybody has you know like uh, varying definitions of success, and you have to find. Meaning in what you're doing, and you know when you're on the long haul, and you're in the van with the band, and you're and you're not in the big, you're not in Lanny's big tour bus, um that you're fighting the good fight, you know, and you get to lay your head down at night and and know that.
1: Whiskey Riff has put out a couple articles uh saying, uh, for some reason, they're comparing me to Chris Stapleton in that Nashville is sleeping on me like they slept on Stapleton, and it's just it's super competitive. He's very talented. He's very unique, and uh, again. Uh, a good manager is going to try. I, I don't play dirty, but some do, but a good manager is going to try to suppress that and keep that person out of the light so that their act can succeed. So it took, uh, it took an outside champion meeting someone from outside of town to shed light on Chris Stapleton. And that was Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm needing, at. Like a, a Brandy Carlisle or a Jack White or a Sturdle Simpson or a Tyler children. Right. Uh, you know, uh, if, if I had the championship of someone like that outside of town, they would pay attention, mm-hmm. and then um, so I'm so grateful that uh, Justin Timberlake did that for Stapleton because the uh, the the bite matched the bark.
0: Is there any guy in the world that can sing like Stapleton that has the vocal control and the and the raspy range that he has?
1: Jay Buchanan. He's a lead singer of a rock and roll band called Rival Sons. And yeah, that
0: sounds. Familiar.
1: And yeah. I'm a huge fan, but Jay has the most unique, incredible voice. Yes, Stapleton, like, stops junior your tracks. Randy Hauser, stops junior your mm-hmm. tracks. Very talented. Jay Buchanan, live. I literally put him up there with Aretha Franklin, and I whip 60% of her concert. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Aretha. I go to a black church because I'm into that, you know, I like
0: Do you really? Music. Yes. I've always wanted to, but I, I I, thought you had to have, uh thought you had to date
1: no. I thought you had Mount, to date one. Everybody's welcome at <laughs> Everybody's welcome at Mount Zion. I'm sure there's rumors <laughs> flying. Uh but uh to answer your question to go with the why haven't you made it yet? Um uh, I didn't finish saying, but uh streaming streaming numbers are very important and uh I haven't had a streaming strategy because I, I didn't. I haven't had management to say, "Hey, you need to keep music coming out, coming out, coming out," so that we can build upon those numbers. And so for years, I didn't put music out, and so that five hundred thousand listeners a month obviously dropped way, 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 way down. And so I'm having to come back and and uh, and rebuild it. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of money to do it, though. It takes. I mean, I don't think people realize. Like, if you really want to put out a record, you need a good quarter of a million to three hundred thousand dollars to do. Oh
0: it. yeah. And, and also, you know, how, how to compete like there one, it's only a very recent development, like in the last 10 to 12 years where the, you need to have a single every eight weeks um, and you need to have reels on TikTok and Instagram and everything that, that that's, that's what you have to do to just stay on the radar and stuff. But then you've got the people at the top of the food chain making 40, five song albums and they have a Henry Ford assembly line team of people writing, producing these songs. It's so formula and statistical at this point. It's like, if it's, it's like musical capitalism, it's, it's just like, how can, how can the little guy eat? How can the independent artist keep up releasing one song every eight weeks and eating ramen noodles and traveling in a fucking van? (laughs)
1: Oh, praise God. I got a bus this year. Thank you uh but, but I'm with you, you there I mean. uh, well I mean, and again i have I have a girlfriend who streams very well, uh but they pay for a lot of that and uh again uh, it's I, I feel like a diamond kinda hi- or a, really like an old Cadillac hiding in the woods uh <laughs> wish I've written that song brush longest yeah. anyway but all that to say uh you can be you can be awesome, but if nobody knows you're there. Those numbers aren't going to go up. So that's why playlists are so important on these streaming platforms. But it takes big management or a big old record label to say, hey, put her, to call these curators who have a hundred, you know, gatekeepers, but to say, hey, put Hannah on these playlists. Again, you know, I'm, uh, I've not been on these major playlists. I have been on new boots once or twice when I was at the label. Mm. But again, it's just, um, you know, I can pay somebody a few grand a month to, Shot me, but I'm still not guaranteed uh, to get on those playlists. Yeah, and that's what gets you that exposure.
0: So, if 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 you want to talk about it, like, are you um are would you say that you're still in active pursuit of of the large scale manager? Um,
1: oh, I'm uh I'm absolutely well, in pursuit.
0: Yeah, I just mean the like a, or the the mainstream.
1: Um. Um. I'm, like, what do
0: we got to do to get you in the conversation with somebody who's ac- who's actually going to take your art seriously?
1: You know, um, not that
0: I can help. But, I have the same but.
1: conversation with Michael Ray today. Yeah. Uh, he's a dear friend and a champion. What I do, and he's like, "What?" He he asked me the same question. He's like, "Why?" He's like, "How can you not find a big manager?"
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's so sweet. But again, I just think it's a matter of uh, having those champions that aren't afraid to be vocal. Um, when you lose a record deal for some reason it's like a, wearing a scarlet letter and uh it's a humbling that needed to occur and I needed to be at a different label but for some reason I, I mean like there's I can name a hundred artists that didn't see their success until their second record deals mm-hmm. but again it's just you know I've been I've Jamie been in Johnson. town there you go yeah, yeah or Trace Atkins or Jason Aldean or things like that but uh I've been in town for thirteen years, so I'm not a fresh face. And the industry just tends to jump towards, you know, what's new, what's next, what's next. Um, I'm a late bloomer. It's taken me a while. I feel like to kind of come into my uh, existence, if you will. I've always known who I was, but again, I haven't always had the means to 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 make it all happen. Mm. So, uh, but all that to say, quarantine. Pre- pre- presented a really great time for me to showcase my personality on, online and um and to try to uh build something there and just to show the town that I'm a little more than I'm more than just a country singer or songwriter.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I think I think you're going to be like Sturgill and you're like you're going you're going to like have this killer music career and then you're just going to be on every HBO show in like a I love yeah, like a,
1: I love the TV uh idea. I mean I've I've had some I've been approached by parties about doing those kinds of things. And um, before I left Sony, they actually offered me a second deal that involved Sony Pictures Hollywood because they knew that my career was going to involve TV. But again, they just, they weren't sure what to do with it. Anyhow, and my champion that was there, you know, got let go. And so that kind of went out the door with him, but all that to say, uh, I think there's more than one way to skin a cat. And um you know if i can't if i can't get into their to their ears on the radio i can at least get into their faces on the tv yeah. so that's why i do things with like cornbread cowboy he came to me at a show and asked me the same question hey why aren't you any bigger than you are like i'm such a fan i love your music you know what can what can i do to help and i'm like let's let's start a series on your platform yeah. let's so yeah,
0: where did he come from? <laughs> where the hell did I came he from come there? From?
1: He is he well he was living in Tampa at the time it, I was playing a show in Tampa and he and uh, another guy named Cowboy Calvin, sweet guy, but they another influencer came and they were like, hey, we just they said the aforementioned, How can we help? And uh, and so I just stewed up the idea with cornbread, and like, hey, uh, why don't we do a modern day, Coyote and the Roadrunner like chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a thing, but in our authentically themed throwback, I mean who, who you see is who he is. Yeah. Visceral beer gut. <clears throat> yeah. Uh captures drinks are like a fish at the strip club on Monday nights. Yes. Yeah. He's that guy. Yeah. He like he is that guy. Uh yeah. and what you see on my uh, you know, my people think that my house is like a movie set. No, it's my house. I mean, I just love old. I love old shit.
0: Did he ever try to make a pass at you?
1: Oh, God, of course he has. But, uh, but, but we're, just dear, but, but we're <laughs> just dear friends, and I love him to pieces. And I've, you know, grown to love his family as a result, and we will always be dear friends. And, um,
0: sorry, Cornbread, you got friend zoned my dog.
1: Oh, he's darling. Cornbread is, uh, I, he's not in the settling down mode anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Anyway, but yeah, he, I love him to pieces. He's, uh, He's a mess, but the partying can can create some challenges too.
0: You said I could ask you big questions. Yeah, ask me so anything you want to know. You're saying you're you're a late bloomer, and and it's taken you a while to get this train rolling, but it, now it's rolling pretty pretty damn hard, and you've done it all so you, yourself. Um is that at the risk of forfeiting like a family life for you?
1: Uh, it is hard to date in my shoes. Um, you know, I, I don't do the online thing because it, it creeps me out and uh, I guess I'm too vain I think I think I'm too cool for that kind of mm-hmm. crap but uh you know like my the last guy I dated seriously was was jealous he was jealous of cornbread cowboy and this guy looks like a dang wrangler model I mean yeah. he's the most beautiful man in the world but looks on the go so far I like him tall dark and handsome uh but he you was know, super jealous of the attention that I received and uh you know, it, it's it's hard to do that. I want to date someone in the industry. I don't have anybody in mind particularly, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just, it's so hard to turn, you get it, it's hard to turn music off. Yeah, And so as passionate as we are about this, it's just, it's always great to share, to share that same passion with someone that can talk shop with you. I don't care if he's a booking agent or a guitar player, mm-hmm. or which, my God, you can't trust the guitar players. But, <laughs> uh, but all that to say, I, I just, uh, I know what I want, and I would like to date someone that that, that can talk shop with me, that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or a, a fellow creative. He could be an actor. Yeah. Scott Eastwood, where are you at?
0: Oh, man. Burt Reynolds on the back of that phone looking at you. Look at him. He's,
1: he's dead, and he could be my granddaddy, right. but I think he's pretty. Well...
0: You left that on, by the way. You got to unlock there. Oh,
1: um, Lord. Big Brother's listening to us.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're going to have... a. Uh, you have a bunch of new ads pop up but Justin never
1: like and Yeah. What?
0: how do you juggle your relationship with like time management and the phone being a social media kind of presence and and, and influencer and trying to and you know what I so mean?
1: how do you find the time for that is that what you're asking yeah
0: yeah so so what I'm asking you is how do you how do you manage that whilst also being creatively and musically productive does that make sense
1: on well it, there is no way to do that. One's got to suffer. And unfortunately, um I thank God I still have a publishing deal at Sony, but um I'm not turning in I haven't met quota the whole six years that I've been there. Mm-hmm. They still keep me for some reason. Um, but I'm I'm weekly, I mean I mean every day I'm having to make some kind of content. I've I've kind of become a slave to it, but it's it's the only thing that I've got really working for me right now. It it that that is my My platform, Mm -hmm. my outlet, it is... uh, So um, I have to feed that beast in order to to build my numbers, and uh, I don't want to give anybody any reason to tell me no. So my next goal is to start working on my YouTube, Mm -hmm. uh, because I have neglected that. But it is a full-time job, and uh, music business never sleeps, so you just got to sacrifice, you know, again. But I think if you make time in the morning, early, for... You know, meditation for me that's prayer and quiet time with God. But it tends to make more time in your day, and I try not to keep up with. I try to keep up with my friends, but again, I try not to get so caught up in the swiping game where I'm looking. And, mm-hmm. I mean, my friends send me funny memes, and we get into whole you know love that. But um, uh, I have to, I have to put on some blinders so that I could focus on my content and what I'm doing, and not worry about anybody else and you know, or if they're in my lane or vice versa. And that saves me time too, uh, not worrying about other people's crap because I this is my career, not theirs. Yeah. So I just think if uh you're disciplined with that, uh you can find the way you can find a way to kind of do both.
0: Yeah, And your your discipline has to line up with your goals. I think that like I I always say everybody can visualize on the couch, like I wanna be famous, I wanna play the rhyme in one day. And then only one out of a, of a hundred people, you know, pay the dues and and walk the walk and lived the life that allowed for that to happen.
1: Yeah. Well, um, you got to say no as well. I mean, I I get invited to go to things and, but I'm like, you know what? I've got a video that I need to post tomorrow, or I've got this and this. You know, I've I've got to stay in and make content, so I've had to say no a lot as well too, and kind of make that. I had to call that a sacrifice, but because mm-hmm. I'm I love staying at the house. My house is fun, uh. But uh, I'm a social light as well too, but. You know, again, I think it's just a matter of what you're willing to. I'm willing to work harder than the next person. Yeah, yeah I think I that's sense part that
0: You're a fighter,
1: but you are too. I, I sense that with you as well too. You got a good work ethic about you. Uh,
0: yeah, I, one thing I'm really proud about. So, just if you don't mind me talking about myself, please, very, by all, all means, enough about me because we haven't we haven't really hung out before. Um, but uh,
1: we're gonna get stoned later. I yeah,
0: tell. yeah. Uh, we're going to go back to the stoned age. Oh, I need a
1: blazing and frozen.
0: What was I saying?
1: You uh, were saying about your work ethic.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so I had, I released a. Uh, I spent like eight grand on a eight song album right when COVID kind of happened was when it was coming out. By the time it came out, I had no money or energy left for marketing or publicity i was completely exhausted but i really i gave it my all like i really thought i was like this is a testament to like who i am this is unique creative music it does not sound like and and it was lyrically you know layered and and thoughtful i thought not bragging but i was just really fired up i wanted to do it and then um i was so devastated by that and i really at that time i was like i don't i don't want to have like a a Band artist moniker. I want to have, I want to be a solo artist. I want my name to represent my sound. And that's when I figured it was time to move to Nashville. But really, what I've done um, is just tried to cultivate an, a great band. And I know my band hmm. is absolutely killer. You know, we share a steel guitar player. Oh, Stove um,
1: plays to you too. Hell yeah. Every,
0: every Sunday night. Where? Um, Layla's Honky Tonk.
1: Oh, my Lord, we need to come support m- you. went out to see Stove last night
0: at Music City. Who was he with, Tom?
1: Or, uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but uh, at, skinny at, young at, guy at, at Music City.
0: Yeah, probably Tom. The five, the
1: five to nine, probably shit.
0: Tom Baker. Shout out, to Tom! I absolutely love Stubbs playing. We we play we play in a half step down, and of course he's got that steel guitar, and he just scoots down one fret and slips sliding away.
1: He's so gifted. I get a lump in my throat when I think about him and my drummer, Big C, yeah. and and my bass player, Foots. I just uh, I've. Uh, Man, I call my band Mini Pearl Jam, and they're great guys. And Mini so, Pearl I'm so, so I'm, I'm grateful to oh, guys yeah. like you, you know, who help, who help me keep them employed yeah. uh, as well, you know. Uh, so that's great. You know, playing those shifts like that is, is awesome.
0: Well, she usually sings with us, but Sunday night is guys' night. And it's country guys' night, and it's you know,
1: what times on Sundays? Uh, so we can 10:30 to close. Good Lord, that's late.
0: Yeah. Well, I uh, some of us don't get up in the morning and have coffee, morning discipline, and prayer.
1: Well, I don't do it every morning like I need to, but I also have to get up and go work out with Wilson, too, so there's that. But let's talk about the music, though, so that they don't think I'm just a, an old, jaded hag.
0: I don't, I don't think anyone's not that anyone's. I want to keep vibe. some
1: positive. Anyway,
0: oh, but too. the reason I was sharing that story about I'm myself sorry. is to say, if you do feel like you have something to say and share with people, and you give it your all and you fight the good fight... It it is it can be extremely disheartening to not see your dreams come true or your oh. expectations come to fruition, and I know that you've endured a it's lot tough. of that, it's tough, and overcome it, and it makes you kind of the, you know the tough bad bitch that you are today. You know,
1: like you're sweet. Well, I mean, I have some great girlfriends that encourage me. Kaylee Bishop, you may know her, amazing singer mm-hmm. in town, but she's just uh, one of my few genuine female artist friends that who's generally supportive of me and what I do and love her to pieces and my girlfriend Casey and all. And anyway, uh, but yeah, I just, uh, they help, they hold me accountable and keep me keep my spirits up because you think about it, an entertainer gets tired of entertaining. I mean, someone, you know, we have to, we have to recharge our batteries too. You know, I can't always be on for everybody. Um, Anyway, and and so it does get hard when you come home from being on the road from that high, you know, and you kind of come home and you crash a little bit. It's just it's just good to have girls like that checking on me, like watching the CMA Awards this year was tough because I haven't missed one Mm -hmm. since I was a little girl. I've never not watched one. But this year I just um, for multiple reasons, I just uh, I laid on the couch and I was just in a funk that day. The devil was getting to me and um, and everything that I'd ever dreamed of just felt so cheapened. Uh, But my girlfriends just knew to call to call me and check on me. Anyway, and I had tears on, in my eyes and I was sitting there uh, on the sofa and I was writing a list of what I'm thankful for to keep me from, you know, going down the, uh, a, a bad spiral. Yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, like, I'm not always this, woo. you'd have a good luck. I mean, I am, but I think joy is a choice. And again, you just got to keep plugging on. Hell, I don't want this to come easy. I want, wouldn't appreciate it as much. But I think. Knowing your story and how hard you work to put that music out, I think fans, people need to know that, you know, when you uh, stream a song or when you buy a song, like you're you're helping an, an artist. You know, I think they'll, mm-hmm. I think I think people are, when they hear that, they're more apt to go buy your T shirt and to go actually download your record and try to support you.
0: Yeah, you know, you mentioned TV. You know, your eyes kind of lit up when you talked about that Sony Hollywood opportunity that kind of may have fell through. Um, as uh, as as the Lord, you know, likes what? What was that phrase, phrase you used about? Uh,
1: he likes to keep you hidden. He's ready for you to be seen.
0: So you you want to be on TV? Yes,
1: I think TV. Um, I like to be a madam and a western with mm. with some sexy counterpart. I'd love to do SNL. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, you know, I like improv and things like that. But I would love to co-host SNL one day. Uh, you know, and do some skits and again. Justin Timberlake, I hate to use him as a comparison, but he is a representative of his genre. He's not just a pop artist. He is, Mm -hmm. you know, he's the guy that does all the funny shit with Fallon Um, and he's an entertainer and he's been in movies and things like that.
0: As bad as you want to be on TV and you want to have these larger commercial opportunities, you're not willing to compromise the, the the sincerity of your music to get there. And I think that's to be celebrated.
1: I appreciate that very, very much. It's just... it's. uh, I know how much I appreciate country music and the Opry and and the CMAs and things like that. And um, it's just really, really hard to... uh, Gosh, if one person has asked me about the L. King Dolly Show thing, 100,000 people have it. And I don't have to... I'm not going to go into that. Um, But it's just... It's really hard when you see people... Getting opportunities that you would kill for, that you are capable of of doing and doing well, yeah. um, that don't appreciate it as much um, or that haven't fought for it as much. But again, I can't get caught up in that train of thought because, like I say, God's not going to take my mail to somebody else's house. Mm-hmm. He knows where I live. Anyhow, so uh, I just have to—my girlfriends remind me of that, and my black church reminds me about it, too, yeah. honey. <laughs>
0: Did you just show up one day by yourself and you're like, Let's party?
1: Well, I my I have an eclectic group of friends mm-hmm. and my pharmacist Did You say
0: eclectic. I
1: have a, yes, I have okay. an eclectic group of friends. Uh my pharmacist, uh Miss Vicki. Vicki Boo Watts. Shout out, Miss Vicky. Hey, Miss Vicki. Vicki Hampton, Vicki Watts. She's great. But she uh invited me, been my pharmacist, pharmacy tech for ten years. Anyhow, so she invited me and my God today. The music's so good and Bishop Walker is so talented and and uh, he doesn't get political behind the pulpit which i appreciate but he's just great it's just straightforward the black folks just tend mm-hmm. to really like they're not afraid to talk about weed or clubbing mm-hmm. or premarital sex behind the pulpit whereas you know, the white church is going to sugarcoat things a little bit and anyway uh, nothing against i mean i grew up in a white church but all that to say i just what denomination uh, i was well i'm a member of the united methodist church back home but i was born and confirmed and christened in the lutheran church uh which I'll always love that church, but and I was saved in the Baptist church. Hmm. So I've kind of ha- I'm a I'm, I'm eclectic as well when it comes. I to that. I just love the Bible,
0: Southern Baptist. There you go. Yeah, actually, I got my start in music because I wanted to be, uh, or I started playing music to get chicks as a worship leader. I love it. Yeah, I'm like 14. I'm like Lord. God of wonders beyond our galaxy.
1: Look at you. I mean, I could see. I, could, I mean, you look kind of like a hot Jesus. I get it. Like you're, <laughs> you like one of the one of the disciples with your long hair. I
0: get it. I get I'm a fisher
1: of men. I get it. Well, um, my my uh, Hank Jr. is a big. Uh, he's an icon, and he's, when he's one of my heroes, but uh, he prefers to have black drummers hmm. because there's something about that gospel training in the in the black gospel church. McCartney, Paul, too. Paul McCartney, as well. Anyhow, and uh, you go see us live. I've got a black rhythm section. Really there is my drummer is is sub for me, but uh, my drummer, my drummer is big C Carlton O'Neill. He doesn't know how good he is. And I'm afraid to even talk about him on this podcast because he's going to get snatched right up. But, but he is, Oh my God. I have never, I played with some good people in the studio, but the next time I record, I regret not taking him into the studio for this last record that I did. Like I and I'm talking about, I'm putting him up against Fred Altringham who plays for Sheryl Crow and all the other big guys so like, I, I I would put him up against anybody, but there's just something to be said about that, that style, that training that, um, uh, in the, in the black gospel and the church, there's just a whole, there's a whole soul, a whole, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it made a sound. There were mm-hmm. white guys, but they had that grease. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and that's just something that I've always connected with. I like that Greasy Head Bobby stuff. It's why I love Eric Church and Jay Joyce's production a lot, too. I always wanted to work together. But anyway, um, but it's really hard to achieve that in the studio because in the studio in Nashville, it's really hard to get to those drummers. Yeah, those drummers get on the major sessions. And I've never, never been able to afford to hire those drummers to come yeah. in and do. So i to say, yeah, there's something to be said about the music. It's
0: uh yeah well and you know just as a front person and a band leader like I I almost never even mention the other band members I'm always talking about the drums I'm always fired up about what's happening oh back there. hell yeah and if it's not feeling right um, there's it's just such a different I mean you know Nashville of course downtown I don't know if you ever had to play downtown or if you were smarter than that um, but the <laughs> the array of, of 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 differences and talent level and groove and um and uh consistency on the kit. It's unique that some people have work here. At,
1: I hear you there. I think no, I I did not do the downtown thing. Um but uh I think it's a great way to work on your chops and to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because I was my first band opportunity, I feel like I've uh I butchered that of uh, the Cadillac three Jaron Johnston, great band, but he saw me play at the basement and then uh, started working with me and then took me out on the road with them before I was ever ready. You know, had I been playing downtown, I would have, or had I had the money to pay for a bunch of rehearsals, I felt like I, I would have been, uh, my live show would have been better from the beginning. But Jared always said, you got to play a hundred shows till you really get tight. And he was not lying. Mm-hmm. But my first weekend with them was Georgia theater and iron city and some of these bigger theaters and clubs, uh, That uh, again, like I I don't say I butchered the opportunity, but I just know that you know I wasn't uh, as tight, or the band wasn't as tight yet as it was gonna be, yeah. Or in my opinion, should have been for playing those rooms. But my God, you ought to see us now.
0: I bet, and not to mention you are guitar picking, gunslinging. No,
1: I'm just an entertainer. I just yeah. I'm
0: but nobody's playing. Nobody. What girl is putting a slide on in the industry?
1: You know, I don't know.
0: You and Bonnie. That's it. That's who.
1: <laughs> I would have started playing guitar earlier, but, uh, again, YouTube didn't come out till I was, you know, in my early twenties. <laughs> mm. So, or at least I didn't know about YouTube, uh, i I didn't realize it. i I was i I looked her up
0: sorry to cut you off but you look like you were the last girl to get a cell phone in your
1: (laughs) i was the last girl to get to get a mac computer for sure uh my parents are old school and that's why i'm such an old soul because my parents are really old school but anyway yeah uh again it 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 took me in college getting on to youtube and looking up bonnie Wright because i heard her music i was like you know i I just wanted to see what she looked Mm -hmm. like and i Anyway, and I'm like, oh my god, she's playing the guitar. Oh my god, that's really that's like I didn't know girls could do that. I didn't know that that, that we could do that yeah. too. Anyway, and so I just first time I got snowed in up here, I just picked up a slide and it's a lot easier to me than having to play lead stuff. I mean, I can if I work at it, but again, I'm I don't consider myself a player. Um, yes, I'm I'm an entertainer as well. I just I think if you're going to hold the damn thing, you need to do something with it. So,
0: well, you got, in you know, you at least got some recognition from Fender. Wow.
1: Oh, my gosh, yes. I was so tickled. Uh, they really well, they to be made a, a signature artist.
0: guitar for you, didn't they? They did.
1: They did. The Player Plus. Well, I'm the face of the Player Plus, uh-huh. the Candy Apple Player Plus, and, uh Good we, color. Thank you. Jaron Johnson, who I mentioned earlier with the Cadillac 3, one of my guitar heroes. But again, he signed me to my publishing deal over at Sony and he gifted me a 69 Telecaster that's got a rock and roll pickup in it. It's called a P90. Anyhow, warm, fat, fuzzy, honky guitar. He said, here, I think you got the chops. Learn to play it. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And that's what I needed was just for that confidence boost to actually do it. I think so much of our art, our songs, our performance is reliant upon um, your self-confidence. And again, I had never been encouraged in that light to do that. And it took somebody like him to say, you can do it. Yeah do it
0: so uh i don't want to keep you here too long but i do i do what we've been talking about these songs and then we just keep barreling through them so i'm just gonna like buckshot uh, through some of them yes. that i really like and and you talk about them uh so the i the, i think the only one i had not heard from your new the other damn half uh record was the last one like country do yeah or something
1: right it was steven wilson jr
0: I said it sounded like a Stephen Wilson Jr. song. I love it. Let me tell you something. Stephen popped into my feed, and I think I heard patches. And I was like, stop dead in my tracks, and I listened to all of Son of Dad. And I was like, this is something totally unique and something totally amazing and i and of course i know um, i'm a big fan of rock music and grunge music and stuff Mm -hmm. but really the lyrical layering and stuff and what he was talking about i was completely moved uh, by steven wilson jr and she was playing that last night i was like that's absolutely banging that sounds like uh you know holler from the holler uh
1: steven wilson yeah. yeah yeah
0: and so i can't believe that he actually did write that song.
1: We okay. did. We wrote together. He said with a guy named Ben Sennis, but uh, Ben kind of had the beginning of the chorus that he was working on, and I had a title like uh, Country Do. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, like pop always said pretty is as pretty does. I was thinking, well, you know, country do what country does. Uh, maybe that's yeah. something. I don't really know. It was, just, it was just a little throwaway, fun little upbeat song, but I've been writing with Stephen for a couple years. He's so talented, and, and uh, you know, he gets the rock and roll. You know, I love... Mm-hmm. Obviously, Skinner's my favorite band of all time, um and I've been on a Zach Wild kick. I think at the time and listened to some of his old records in the early nineties. Anyway, and that's uh, heavy, Hannah. <laughs> well, don't put me in a box. <laughs> don't put
0: Hannah. Uh, damn dasher. Right? Uh, I,
1: I need to share my workout mix with people. But anyway, yeah. But uh, I wanted the song to have a moment, I, and I, I said I want this Zach Wild moment where we, you know, we're kind of slow down to halftime and. Anyway, and he's like, oh yeah, but he had this badass riff, you know that. Uh, That's Steven. Yeah. Anyhow, so um, um, but yeah, he's so he's so gifted.
0: When I fur- when I heard his album, he had fourteen thousand followers on Insta, and I think now he's at one hundred and seventy. But he's got that big label management pushing him. He's yep. with Big Loud.
1: Yep, he's got a big team behind him. And a yeah. lot of folks don't know he is married to Lee Bird Nash who is a uh, lead singer of Six Pence Down the Richard? Kiss me. Yeah. Out in the moonlit barley, lightly, whatever, the green, green grass. What's that song?
0: Yeah. Wait, the 90s singer? Yeah. yeah. That's
1: who he was married to. They are a lovely couple. They're so sweet. Yeah. He's actually a cousin of John Cougar Mellon
0: Yeah. Well. well, he's from Seymour, Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. I lived so. in Indy for five years and Did played. Did you? Yeah. Well, I, I got, I worked at a piano bar in Little Rock and then I got fired. Um, I, I because I was like well I've been fired a lot in my life from not really fo- following the rule book why'd you get fired from Bass Pro Shops
1: Uh, for writing songs on the job I was standing at the computer I guess when I should have been pacing the floor but I, I had this song idea I was like good to bed or at least stay up all night I wonder if that's been written yet so I was googling it anyhow and uh, I hate doing that but that song's actually on this record
0: yeah Um, My first cut. Okay, uh, uh, I'm gonna whoop your redneck ass. Bless it. Tell me about that.
1: I wrote that one with a guy named Joel Schumacher about ten years ago.
0: Joel Schumacher, the director of Batman and Robin. Oh no,
1: (laughs) Joel Schumacher, who does the best John Anderson impersonation you've ever seen, Uh, but really good guy from Tennessee, songwriter. Uh, We wrote that when I was at BMG. And uh, he he came in one day. He's like, I got this Loretta Lynn kind of a vibe. He's like, you can totally pull it off. And he added with the title, and I was like, hell yes. Anyhow, and uh, you know, it's a song that I wanted to put out for years, but the label was like, no, we don't want you to release that. Uh, radio won't play it, and it's just not very becoming. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's a hell of a song to do live. Everybody loves it. And um, so the
0: labels just don't like smart music.
1: Well, I mean, my comeback to them was like, if you're going to put out Bitches by Mitchell Tenpenny, please put your energy behind Redneck Ass. I said, I'm telling you, they're singing every word back to me, and and the song's never been released. Um,
0: That's got to be so frustrating.
1: Yeah. But all that to say, I don't want to keep complaining about that kind of stuff. But uh, again, I'm grateful for that learning experience. And when I'm ready to shop for another one, I will. Uh, But Redneck Ass, uh, I'm prouder, I think, of the uh, music video. Uh, which has some of my little heroes in it, but Skylar Wilson, an amazing animator in town. Uh, he's just awesome. But uh, he and I got together and um, hired him to to uh, animate the video. And it is something to see. It's yeah. a little funny. We'll have to check
0: that out. I haven't seen that. Chelsea
1: Land Trailer Trash Tammy, if you follow her. Mm. Anyway, but I, I wanted her to be the other woman. So
0: Trailer Trash Tammy. I don't know if that, who that is. No, the
1: girl, the... Uh, is that
0: the larger blonde? Blonde lady? headed chip yeah. with the
1: Reba T shirt. Yes.
0: I get her mixed up with Fortune Fimster, the uh comedian.
1: Oh really? Well she yeah. she does a comedy tour as yeah. well, too. But yeah, Chelsea is hilarious. But
0: you ever ran into Theo?
1: Um I have. He calls me buttercup.
0: Yeah. I was surprised he hasn't had you on him. Like I'm would. not
1: big enough to be on it. I love that. I would again, but uh, I'm too cool to ask for that kind of stuff. It's going to yeah. take somebody else to be like, Hey, you need to get her on your thing, yeah, Tracy Lawrence, where are you? I would like to be on his podcast yeah. too. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. John Christ,
0: yeah, I think all those. But you know, I, I I really like you you've said, you know, like i don't I don't want to be like a bitter hagger. I, I don't I don't think I think the difference is it's just like it's so taboo to talk about what's absolutely actually happening in the industry and what's happening in your career and everyone. I mean, every guest that I have that has covered any ground in the industry whatsoever, before the cameras come on, they will share it all. The second they come on, they won't talk about it. And I think that, you know, the way we get country music back on track and we get country music media back on track is by telling the truth of of, of the of the narrative, what's actually happening in the journey and that songs as good as yours and an artist as is. That has as much to say as you do, is just being ignored on the large scale. Someone's gotta put a stop to it.
1: I love it. I appreciate your frustration and your championship. That means a lot. So yeah.
0: okay. I I'm the one that taught him that thing you like. Yes. I got a bone to pick with you on this one here. Great song, by the way. But the I social didn't cut it. the social media advertisement of calling the ex boyfriends you're crazy.
1: Dude. Oh, with Annie Marie, y'all follow her. She's so precious. <laughs> She's blowing up the Appalachian, Appalachian Papa. What's her big TikTok handle? Uh, Andy Marie Tillman. She is. A I don't hooked. really
0: use TikTok actually, so I don't know much. You
1: probably her, your house is probably safer as a result. Uh, but yes, y'all check out. Look, we uh, we did. I thought that it would be hilarious to um, in in an effort to promote the song uh, that thing you like. I'm the one that taught him that thing you like. I thought that it would be funny if she and I got together. She's a true comedian Mm -hmm. through and through. But if we got together and kind of improv, but uh, called our exes, cold called some people, Mm. um, or at least did the best that we could to convince the the audience that's what we're doing. Mm. And uh, so we did. We made some phone calls and we filmed it. I wasn't necessarily going to cut that song, that thing you like, because I thought it was a little girly for what I tend to do. I shy away from songs that, well, this one doesn't talk about lipstick or anything like that, but it was just—I've uh, been—I've come up—I've been here for 13, 14 years almost, and so it's—it's it's like it's—you uh, had to be one of the boys. Uh, it was—it was—it's hard for me to to fall into my my womanhood and to to fall out of my tough masculinity, if you will, and to to be the vulnerable woman. Um, but you got to write songs that way sometimes. And anyway, that would Win Varble. It was his idea. He called me. He's like. This this ain't you, I don't know what it is. I'm like, oh hell yeah. Anyhow, and there's a third verse that I may uh, craft and release at some point. That's more Hannah. Uh but right that with him and Brandon Hood, and I'm so glad that we did, but I mean like several big artists put like were putting it on hold and I thought, well, you know what, if this doesn't get cut. We must have something mm-hmm. here. So I'm gonna i t- I'm gonna take it. If they don't, and Some new acts are after it too, but whatever. There's that.
0: One of your uh, I think the tree. Is mm-hmm. a pretty bold statement. Um, obviously, it's not the first song that's ever kind of criticized what's happening in uh, the music industry, or or, or more so, it's uh, you know celebrating the 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 roots of yes. this thing that we all love so much. Did you write that song? I did. Or? I wrote that
1: song with uh with a uh, Casey Bethard
0: mm-hmm.
1: as well. We were uh he had seen some Kevin Hart movie. And there was some quote about how the apple didn't fall far from the tree. It had something to do with the tree, and he was telling us about it. And I thought the tree. Let's write a song mm-hmm. called "The Tree." And this is this has been six or seven years ago now, probably five, six. I say six. No, that's yeah. It was in the like 2019, I think, when we wrote this song. Anyhow, but uh, um, but a lot of songwriters when they come into the room, they'll they they like to to vent to me about. You know, the country ain't country anymore, kind of mm-hmm. a thing. And so I, I, you know, I kept all that in, and i um, but it, but again, like I, I think it's taken a turn for the better. And I told the label at the time, I and mean, I fought to have pedal steel guitar in my music because I knew that, you know, I'm like, I want this. They're like, you can't do '90s country. '90s country's out. And I'm like, hell no! I believe '90s country's coming back. And lo and behold, a guy with a mullet goes viral everywhere, and Morgan Wallen, yeah. you know, I mean, uh. But but the those sounds those guitar tones I mean that's what made me love country music and when you turn on your TikTok and you watch my videos it it takes you home it's very nostalgic and my mm-hmm. music does that um, or at least I, I want it to and so um, uh, I celebrate new acts like Zach Top and John Party John Party's country's cornbread but Zach I, but I really believe that you know he is the real deal and he's like our generations Keith Whitley. And I do see it taking a turn for the better. And I thought I was going to be the first one mm-hmm. to help do that, but God saw fit that I'm not going to be the first yeah. one. So Zach's going to pave the way. He
0: is, yeah. He's he's I. He was my last guest, and uh, I. I told we got shit faced a couple weeks ago. He's a beacon of light. Um, <laughs> in In the uh, where'd you get shit faced?
1: <sighs> he played a little thing.
0: Boy, he's a singer, motherfucker! So, oh, isn't he great.
1: I know he and Hey, Uncle Ty. Tour manager. Uh, but, uh, he's uh, got perfect
0: pitch. We exactly. wound up at
1: Music City. I know that, like, my posse and I, we didn't go to bed around 6 a.m. But yet, uh, Zach is great. So talented. Triple threat. Um, 6 I just I, I, That
0: sounds like uh, the devil's powder was involved.
1: No. No, I don't <laughs> really? touch that stuff. I really don't. But I just stick the weed and mushrooms mm-hmm. and good liquor. But uh, dry January was not dry that night. But he's so talented. I'm just... I'm such a fan. He's a fan of what I do. That's how we found one yeah. another. And anyway, and, uh, yeah, yeah. So party was on. Uh, but again, I'm just tickled that, um, I always thought that, I mean, as a songwriter, I feel like it's my job to kind of predict where the trend's going to go and balance that with, uh, what I really want to say and, um, how I think you're going to receive that in the best way. Yeah. So, uh, but again, I just, uh, I hope that these songs reach people. And again, I this record hasn't even had the push yet that that I believe it will have. And I just hope that um I hope that these songs can can see the light of day.
0: hmm I think that I think I think the tide will turn for you.
1: I appreciate I that. I could
0: I could see that in your future. Thank you. Um, we
1: claim that in the name of Jesus. Yeah.
0: Yes we do. Woo! Yes we do.
1: <laughs>
0: any uh any closing? Do you have any questions for Miss Hannah? Oh, that, yeah, she's she's obsessed with that song. So tell me about Ugly Houses.
1: (laughs) Ugly Houses. Uh, I saw the sign, uh, one of those real estate signs that say we buy ugly houses on the way to a right one day. And I thought, ugly houses, uh, that's just, that's unique enough. I'd like to write a song. And Robert Arthur was my co writer that day, great guitar player, uh, fellow believer. He loves loves Jesus like I do. And, um, you know, we got to talking wonder if God's in the real estate business. And I got to thinking, I wonder if he's in the renovation business, too, which he really is. And so that came out with, you know, I'm a fixer-upper, need a lot of repairs, mm-hmm. kind of outdated, run down. But, uh, but I thought, you know, it, but if you buy ugly houses, I'm taking down my for sale sign. I thought if you're going to sell out to anybody or anything, you know, that's who, we, who I need to sell out to. Yeah. Anyhow, and so uh, the song really took place before I did my own a lot more self-work because uh, I, I wrote it pre-COVID. Uh, but I'm so glad that uh, Ilya wanted to put it on the record. And yeah, uh, yeah it's when I'm, I'm the most pleased with that one, I think.
0: Yeah. W- w- when I hear it, I mean, it, I, I said, you know, I think it's a sad song because it, it sounds like there, and I, I think it's just in your vocal performance too, but it just sounds like someone who's waited so long and is so desperately yearning for like a, 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 like that next level of love, you know?
1: I, well, thank yeah. you. Thank you, thank you. Well, my other stuff kind of rocks your face off. And I think people needed to, to see a vulnerable, serious side of me. You know, I'm more than mm-hmm. funny songs. I'm more than, you know, a honky-tonk rock song. I'm, you know, there's a serious side to me and to my songwriting.
0: Yeah. When are you playing here next?
1: Uh, in Nashville, um, that's hard to say. It'll be something on the Opry. But as far as having a an actual show show here we may do one uh in the fall mm. but
0: so well, without the manager right now, like if you're booking summer tours how are how are you doing that are you doing that
1: um I have booking agent um I have a couple actually that uh that are on board and um you know, ones at a small agency, ones at a bigger agency, and again, without a manager, it's really hard to get on some of these bigger festivals. But because of my social media following, some of these festivals are reaching out like C to C. I always wanted to play that one over in London, so I'm going to the UK. Woo! Hopefully, I can. I don't know when this is coming out, but I, I, I can announce that.
0: Have you worry. been to the UK before? No,
1: not yet. So going, doing that, and then. Uh, um, like two step in, I'm excited to be playing that one out in Texas. They reached out because of you know, me and yeah. Cornbread Cowboy, they're fans. And, uh,
0: that's crazy. They're like, we want you to play because we really like the social media content that you and Cornbread Cowboy make. Well, uh,
1: Oh, they're fans of the music as well, yeah, but yeah. they, but they're like, Hey, if you come play, you know, will y'all also, you know, can you bring him with you too? And mm-hmm. can we do some, you know, can you help us promote this festival as well? So, um, so that works to my advantage. In those kind of aspects. But all that to say, I'm just tickled to do my second headlining tour as well. And we're just playing clubs and going to do our damnedest to rock your faces off. Yeah. Come see us live. If you haven't definitely come to a live yeah. show.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. We, we definitely really want to. When are you at the Opry next?
1: I don't know. I've got lunch with them next week. We'll yeah. see. I'd like to be on a rotation. I'd love to. My girlfriend, Maggie Rose just had her 100th Opry performance and I'm like, hell yeah. I just had my 10th, uh, and I'm like i I'd love to be playing once a month there I just uh that place is just it's home it's mm-hmm. just i don't know I just anyway, I absolutely love country music and and I love the musicians there and and uh anyway, it's a lot of fun and
0: w- one last thing i just i want to touch on is you've been fighting the good fight for a long time, and you you've made comments about you being a late bloomer and stuff, but if you look at all your songwriting credits and all this all the stuff that you've done. Um, independently, um, and yet you say you've had you've yet to have that like earth shattering viral moment that kicks you into the
1: well, the moment the, that the industry's waiting the on the
0: stratosphere, right? So, how do you feel when you see somebody like Oliver Anthony? The guy went from being the, he was just playing out in the woods, and he was he was number one yeah. on the Billboard Top one hundred. I Bill mean, Board good Top for 100.
1: him. I, I think I think the virality of that was based on. What he was saying, I think he mm-hmm. was speaking for the frustrated majority that yeah. has been held silent because they're so afraid of getting canceled. And mm-hmm. I think that, uh, um, uh, well, it doesn't hurt to have Joe Rogan and then my buddy, Justin Danger Nunley, who's also got mm-hmm. seven million followers, to give you shout outs and saying, hey, I don't know what you're doing, but if you ain't listening to this song.
0: And then it snowballed. Well, yeah. the thing the thing is, is I get that like the... um majority was that it was like, the it was like, this is what people have been wanting to hear, but really it's very gimmicky and kind of tropey. Like, I mean, I'm, I think he's a, a man of relative talent. I don't have any problem with Oliver Anthony, but like the five foot three, 300 pounds welfare lyric is like, is so specific. Like, and um, it, it's, 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 it's total hyperbole. I think, I mean, who's actually, five foot three, 300 pounds and carrying garbage bags of fudge rounds. So, I mean, maybe he meant it hyperbolically that, but. You
1: really dove into this guy. I love that.
0: It it was all the, my whole feed. I mean, I I really, my feed is music and comedy and, you know, and also all the podcast guys. Yes. And so I couldn't, you know, this guy was inescapable. I mean, he was on Jordan Peterson's uh, podcast and, uh, I just thought it was, a, it was a unique thing. It just, it kind of, to me seemed like, uh, the whole world got duped by this kind of silly song. When I, I just believe in great music and I don't think there's anything particularly exceptional about that except the effect that it had on the whole planet. So, I mean, it's
1: unique. It, w- it was unique. Um, uh, t- I, I'm saying Tennessee that say, Jet, yeah, the uh, Tennessee jets put out a song that you would probably like that might get me in trouble for talking about it. Uh, but, uh, that's also uh, pretty bold in its statement, but um, I think it may have a little gasoline behind it. You'll be, and it might—I don't know—that it will do the same. But uh, I don't know what else to say about Oliver Anthony. I'm tickled for the—I'm tickled for him mm-hmm. uh, for the success that he's seen, and, and I, I like to see that he—that he is, uh, you know, sharing the Bible. He, he's using his platform to, to to share the word, and I hope that that falls on the ears that need to hear it as well. Uh, but again, I just think we're all here to kind of. We're all here for a lot bigger purpose than our own, not to sound cliche, but that's literally been the game changer for me. And that's what really keeps me, my head above the ground is to realize, okay, I'm not here to be Hannah Dasher. I'm literally just a tool in this toolbox that God is using to leave people in a better place than I found them. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's, whether a 60 second cooking video or a three minute song, you know, or a an hour long rock and roll show. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I just I bring him up just because it's like it's to me that's the exact opposite of your journey. You know. Uh, the
1: overnight success thing. Well, yeah, yeah. It's right. just like it's you not- got to be
0: kidding me. I've been driving in this fucking van for, you know, all these years and this guy just rolls out of the woods and somebody's got a Canon, you know, Nikon D5000 to film him with. I love
1: it. Well, I mean, he just he's he got really very fortunate. He said, you know, it was a very fitting lyric for the time. And I just think all that, those stars aligned Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, and he obviously had that, the shout out from the two biggest influencers on the internet right now. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that worked. I think that's why it worked. But again, does he have the, the star power to sustain that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know that he wants, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that, that wants that, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I do get frustrated when I see the industry putting their power behind um, other acts that may have a song that goes viral, um, which again, when you hit the algorithm just right, uh, you can you can go viral. Um, but I've seen like I've had I've had certain videos go viral, and I've like posted them again, and I've missed the algorithm, and no one saw. Mm-hmm. It. Anyhow, so it's really unpredictable, and I, I you just can't base your uh, you can't base someone's stardom or someone's potential. On the virality of a song, because again, if you tried to put Eric Church down that hole or me mm-hmm. or like a or John Party again, like we'd still be waiting for them to, to make it or Stapleton. You know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. don't think that everyone can has to can fit down that mold. I think it's a matter of building ticket sales and putting butts in seats, because I've heard a lot of venue owners complain, man, this guy has a number one song, but he can't sell out a room. You know, mm-hmm. And I think that's where my bread and butter is going to be. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and, and the, uh, you know, like it's better to have 10 real friends instead of a hundred fake friends. Right. You know, there you go. Um, and, and I, I think if you just keep, I mean, I I think you're 100% on the, the perfect trajectory. And I think when you get to the not, not, you know, of course it's about the journey. It's not about the destination. Um, but, uh, But I do think when you get closer to the destination, you look back, and and by doing things your way and and keeping your your artistic and musical and moral principles at the forefront of your journey, you'll look back and you'll be able to pull a Randy Travis on these motherfuckers and say, I told you so.
1: so." (laughs) If I could sleep my way to the top, hell, I probably would. Lord forgive me, but I don't have that option. (laughs) It's not about sex anymore. It's all about money. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. Uh, Hannah Dasher, I so thank you for having me. Uh, It's been a real good time, and thank you so much for uh, for coming out here today. And excited to see what's in store for you and all that's ahead. Hannah Dasher, everybody, we'll see you next time.